The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. Did you know that grandchildren are not interested in looking at lobster boats or trees? When they ride out into the country with you, they, they each have a little black cell phone in their hands, and they wouldn't take their eyes off it if a dinosaur stepped on your car. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
boom, 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 the fat babes. This is the first time we've played the fat babes, 18th and Racine. I don't know if that's what city that's in. You probably do. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. As I stirred my rolled oats this morning, I, I noticed that it was still dark and quiet in the executive suite of our bed and breakfast where the children were staying. Because the children got to bed even before I did last night, I, I mentioned to management that it was remarkable that children could sleep ten hours without moving. And I said I couldn't do it. Whereupon my wife replied, Yes, you can. <laughs> Boy, you know, it's very encouraging to have a loving wife confess that when it comes to some physical endeavors, her 80-year-old spouse is every bit as good as a 40-year-old child. something wrong with me or am I out of touch with present modes of communication? Why, let me ask you this, why can't I just relax, drool, and go along with this 
dumbing down of America. You know that people who don't know how to use email and the telephone are my pet peeves. One day when I picked up the phone and said, Robert Scoogland here, what can I do for you? The voice on the other end said, Hi there, how are you doing tonight? How am I doing tonight? I don't pick up my telephone to hear someone ask me how I'm doing. I wanted to cry. Nobody cares how I'm doing. So why throw that meaningless phrase at me? Tell me this, why? Why can't people simply say who they are and what it is they want? More and more Americans seem to be on a little programmed track. And if you throw them off that track, they have to back back to the beginning and start over again. Now, you know what I'm talking about. You're not allowed to drive a car without first passing a test. Wouldn't you like to see everyone take a course in talking on the telephone and then having to pass a test before being allowed to have one? This is not done because it would keep half the people in America from communicating with their neighbors. Well, I finally determined that this person who called, how are you doing today, wanted to talk with his aunt, who happened to be a friend who was staying there with us, and I told him I'd be glad to have his aunt call him when she came home, if he'd be kind enough to leave his number. And then, another slap in the face, he said, Do you have a pencil? In other words, you don't have brains enough to keep a pen and paper on your desk, so I'm, I'm not going to give you any numbers or anything till I'm sure you're ready to write it down. The most annoying thing about this entire incident is that I didn't need to ask this person for his telephone number because my telephone automatically records it.
party. Let's have a party. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. I'll bring the hot dog. I'll bring the hot dog. You bring the bun. You bring the bun. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. I'll bring the hot dog. I'll bring the hot dog. You bring the bun. You bring the bun. Oh gee. Oh gee. Mercy me. Mercy me. Oh my. Oh my. The reason why. The reason why. I can't realized we're listening to Dixieland music. I don't very often play Dixieland on this program. You won't you won't hear this very often. Thank you for listening to the Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. By the way, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And it is the time of year when some parents Finally, get to see boyfriends who were acquired over the past year while kids are away at college. If your daughter is a serious student who's also a friendly, outgoing type, three or four young men might show up in the course of a month. Now, this is good. It means that your daughter will probably marry a very rich 50-year-old man when she's 35. Were you pleased with the most recent people that your daughter brought home? If you're a father or a stepfather like I am, you know it's important to have your greeting for these people down pat. What do you say to them when they come in? Think up your greeting ahead of time. Years ago, when my friend lawyer Crandall heard a young male voice on the phone asking for his daughter, his uh, standard reply was, She's in a mental institution. Crandall said they simply said, Oh, good, thank you, I'll call back later. Another father told me he had his greeting down, Pat. He smiles, extends a hand, and says, Oh, so you're the chemist who's been in Africa working with AIDS patients. I can remember that 20 or so years ago. I was... Very impressed with the crop my wife's daughter brought home. Each one admitted that he was a grad student on a full fellowship to this or that university. And you've got to admit that grad student on full fellowship has a nice ring to it. And every time one of these fellows would appear, I'd say to myself, Well, he is a smart fellow who's going to go places. He can't fail. But then one day... I happen to think that for three years I was a grad student on a full fellowship. ¶¶ 
Scott Hamilton, lyrical, huh? The very lyrical sounds of Scott Hamilton here on the Humble Farmer. Captain Freddy was one of my neighbors when I was a kid. And they say Captain Freddy didn't get to go to sea till he was well along in years, almost 20. He wanted to go when he was younger, when one of his relatives, Captain Seymour Watts, or someone, another relative there, in the same business, he even came by Captain Freddy's house one time and asked him to help haul a load of cold California. But my Captain Freddy's mother had lost two or three family members at sea, and she wouldn't let him out of the house. Captain Freddy said, You know, that ship went down and all hands was lost. I suppose it's just as well I didn't go. ago, a most unpleasant man moved up here to St. George, Maine from Boston. And after putting up with his foolishness for two or three years, one of the local boys figured we'd had enough of it, and he, 
he thought he'd encourage this guy to move back to Boston. And this is what he did. Late one night, this kid came up behind the man as the man was getting out of his car. He stuck a gun in this man's ribs and robbed him of $3.14. Sure enough, the next day that man moved back to Boston. Well, we were all glad to see him go, of course, but no, none of the neighbors, not one of us, were, were a bit pleased with the way the kid had gone about it. And the next time I saw the kid, I chewed him out for scaring this man to death. And the kid said, scared? Don't you know nothing about city people? They aren't afraid of hold-up men. When that Boston man felt my gun in his ribs, he got just plain homesick. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. 
With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time, playing old-fashioned music just for you love to hear from you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Slap on the bass, Ted Weems from 1930. And when I was 18-20, I think I started to learn how to play bass. When could it be? In 19, maybe 1955 or so, 56. I used, used to go and see my grandmother's brother, my great-uncle Ed. Great-uncle Ed played E-flat clarinet in, for dances back 1910, 1905, 1915, 1920. And when I told him I was learning how to play the bass, he said, do you bow it or do you slap it? That's what they call Yes, I know, but I still signed up with an online pen pal language site anyway. Looked too good to be true, because I don't know anyone in Italy to visit should I ever go to Italy. Now, Marsha and I have many relatives and friends in Sweden and Holland, friends and relatives, and we can sponge a room and food for a day or two from these friends and relatives. And by adding a couple of stops in Germany, we can spend three weeks in Northern Europe without exhausting our supply of friends. But it'd be nice to know someone down in Italy where we could crash too. Oh, oh! I was telling you about this pen, pen pal. So I want to tell you about that. It seemed to work slick, just like everything does that you read about on the internet, until I found a woman in Holland who wanted to practice English and Norwegian. Now that pushed my buttons because I can read Dutch pretty well and even understand it if she has spoken slowly. But I've been able to muddle by in Norwegian. Matter of fact, I was speaking it today. And I've been able to do that since I lived in Sweden in, in 1960. Yes, yes, you could have told me what was going to happen. When I tried to contact this woman for the first time in the entire operation... A little dollar sign popped up on the screen. Oh, yes, there it was. For only $6 a month, I can contact other people. But until I pay up, I can only sit like a mummy and hope that my phone will ting-a-lay. Now, can't you well imagine that there are 3,000 members of the club out there, each one waiting for someone else to spend the first $6 to get the ball moving? Doesn't it remind you of the Diogenes Club? You remember the Diogenes Club. It was co-founded by Sherlock Holmes' older brother, Mycroft Holmes. Yeah, you remember that. Once within the hallowed walls or halls of the, the uh, Diogenes Club, no member was permitted to even look at anybody else. Thank you. 
course, I'd never heard that before, so I didn't know where I had no idea where it was going to end. Unlike so many things, I'm going to play Woody Herman's Early Autumn because I've heard that hundreds of times. Very seldom play ballads on here, but this is such a classic. This Woody Herman, I've got to play it for you. But perhaps 15, 16, 18, 20 years, I wrote a humor column. And this humor column appeared in over 50 newspapers. I wrote fiction, of course. That means I made up wild, improbable stories about people who didn't exist. And if you have ever, writ if you have ever written for newspapers, you know you have to be very careful to get your facts straight when you write fiction. Because otherwise the people you're writing about will call you up and complain.
And if I was to dig out in the barn, I'd find probably that early autumn on a 45, because that was one of the very first records I ever owned in my life. Woody Herman's early autumn. Nice bottom on it with a berry there, blah, 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 blah. Are you good at remembering names and faces? I'm no good at remembering faces because I have prosopagnosia or face blindness. And it's more annoying than embarrassing when someone says to me, I can't believe that you don't remember me. I've been to your house four or five times. Now, I'm not alone when it comes to having a bad memory. You probably heard about those people who forgot to list on their job applications that they had been convicted of theft, assault, manslaughter, and even cocaine trafficking. What an exciting life you must have if you can forget that you spent your last birthday in jail.
time is it time again for me to remind you that you're listening to the humble farmer i gotta thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station with any luck at all no we don't guarantee it but with any luck at all you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time i'm the humble farmer at gmail.com love to hear from you did you hear about the woman who said that robbers had locked her in her car trunk. <laughs> it gave this woman an excuse for not coming to work for the previous three days. Police became suspicious when they looked in the trunk because, I hope you're listening to this, there were no signs that anyone had lived in that trunk for three days. Anyone who has made a study of bears in the woods would have become suspicious. If a bear, I have a lot of woods, I know about this, if a bear or a fox or anything else lives in your woods or in the trunk of your car for three days, I guarantee this, you will see signs. You might want to ask yourself, why didn't that woman realize that if a person lives in the trunk of a car for three days, there should be signs. You know, it might be because she'd watched too many soap operas. Think about this. On soap operas, they can tie a woman to a chair for a whole week. And if they give her an occasional drink of water and a scrap of food, why, why she gets along fine.
Ghana. Ghana here on the Humble Farm. A nice, nicely mic'd bass player there, wasn't it? Huh? Imagine if Ron Carter had been playing with Ghana on that. That would have been interesting to hear. Time for one more. What will it be? The Stampede and old Fletcher Henderson. Favorite. We got time for that. And do you ever get cards in the mail thanking you for your pledge to the university's annual fund? I got a card, but because I could not recall making any such pledge, I called them. The woman in charge did not sound surprised. Instead, she asked me the name of the student caller who had signed and mailed me the pledge card. Because his name was written right on it, of course. When I told her, she said that he was one of their third world exchange students and that mine was the second call she'd had on him. Well, she explained that to get these students to make calls, the university offers them small premiums. Hey, kid, you make so many calls, I'll give you a pizza, something like that. You know, if they if they can get a certain amount of pledges, they get a certain number of pieces of pizza, like feeding your pet rat, rat in a Skinner's box. I was not home when this student called from the university, so what he did was obviously, he obviously filled in an amount that would earn him a slice of pizza. Now, you have a cost... Notice that I have not mentioned the student's name, I've not mentioned his home, I've not mentioned his university. You know why I haven't too, don't you? Had I done so, there would have been too many people wanting to talk with him about managing General Motors or Citibank. <laughs> 